Hey there, everybody. I am Stephanie Goss, and this is another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. Thanks for joining Andy and I today. I am super excited to dive into this week's episode with you guys. On this week's podcast, Andy and I are talking about how do we balance the needs of the business, particularly when we have a business that is open um, into evening hours, so past 5 p.m., and we have team members who come to us with requests to be parents and be involved in their kids' lives and participate in after-school activities that take place before we close the clinic at 5 or 6 p.m. So if this sounds like something that has affected you or you've struggled with how to deal with this, join us while we dive into it. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke and Stephanie, working my way back to you, Gus. <laughs> oh, man. That was a great one. How's it going, Andy? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It is unseasonably warm here in Washington. You know, we uh, we don't do summer because it rains <laughs> um, all the time. And uh, yet it is like in the low... 80s, I think, today, high mm-hmm. 70s, which for us is like a major heat wave because people here don't have air conditioning because it doesn't get hot here. And yeah. so I am a little toasty today. How are you? Um, I'm good. It's been nice here. Uh, if the weather has, it got really, really hot and humid and now it's kind of cooled back down. And um, yeah. And so we're, we're feeling pretty good. Uh, right now it's gonna, it's gonna warm on back up. There's no, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's gonna be, it's gonna be balmy summer weather uh, nice. in no time flat. So yeah, that's it. Um, speaking of summer, we have a good uh, summer related episode here uh, yeah. today. Yeah. Um, I was recently talking with a friend, and we were having a conversation, and they were asking me, um, as a manager, like, how do you deal with, um, when team members come to you and say, hey. I need to be off on Thursday because my kid has a soccer game at five. And so I need to leave by four 30, but the clinic is open until six or seven and their shift is scheduled to go until six or seven. And, um, this team member was like, you know, I have a handful of team members who are, um, who are parents and who have kids mm-hmm. and are going in a million different directions mm-hmm. and they all, want to be parents and be able to be present at their kids' activities. And yet the four to six o'clock hour for the clinic is one of the busiest times of the day. And so we are constantly shorthanded if I let them leave early because their shift is scheduled to go longer than that. But I don't know what to do because I want to keep them happy and balance the work, the the ever elusive work-life balance, right? And so they were asking me like, how, how have you handled this in your clinics in the past? And I just thought it was such a good and relevant topic. We all face it at some point in time. And um, a very common offshoot of it is then you get the parents, uh, team members who are parents, do they get priority over having flexible schedules and making changes at the last minute over team members who don't have kids? Um, Because I know that there can often be resentment there amongst the team. Um, and so how do we balance all of that? How do we take care of the people and take care of the needs of the, the practice? I saw a social media post not long ago that yeah. made me shake my head. 
and it was um it was it was kind of one of those uh preachy social media posts you Uh know what i mean Uh it's like if you think blank it was one of those um and it was it was a vet one and it said basically like um it said when you request time off from your practice, let them know that you're not requesting. You're just not going to be there and they oh. might want to make some plans. Mm-hmm. And like that yep. was that was the that was the idea. And it was this very kind of, you know, r- like flaming, raging sort of justice held overhead. Yeah. Post. Right. And. It's not hard to understand where that person is coming from. I am certain that they had had some frustrations that made them feel that way. Looking in the comment section, it was the complete-ish show that you would expect, you know? <laughs> and and it was not a mixture of, of well, it was a mixture of two different kinds of people. It was a bunch of people saying horrible things like um, I didn't get to go to my brother's funeral because they wouldn't let me off work. And I'm like, that <laughs> doesn't seem right at all. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or I have missed all of these like crucial things. You know, my sister's wedding, I was not able to be in because of whatever. And I go, man, it, I understand feelings of resentment. Sure. Uh, you know, about those things. Like, I I do. I get that. I Heck get yeah. where those people are coming from. And then the other side is is the other side, which is, pardon me, how are we supposed to run a business <laughs> and and have it be a healthy, you know, business where our staff is not stressed to pieces when we have people unilaterally deciding they're not going to show up? Right. Or that they're going to leave when they want to. And you go, well, that's not good for the for the rest. That's everyone else is now being penalized because you have declared that you're leaving. All right. And so both of those things are true and they can both be honored. And I think that that's really what we're talking about here is looking at that. You go, no, no business should be run by tyrants who, you know, who unilaterally tell their staff when you will work and I don't care what else is going on in your life. You will do what you're told to do. That's not going to fly and that should not fly. Nor should people just be like, I am leaving and you can all deal with the fallout and I'm walking out the door. Like that's right. that neither of those things works. Mm-hmm. And and the needs of both parties are very understandable. The balance is the answer. Right. Yeah. That that's really just to make it very simple. That's what we're looking for is how do we balance this so that people can live their lives and get to things that are important to them and our practice can run smoothly and be well staffed and handle the workload that's coming in. And and I I maybe I'm a fool. I believe that that can absolutely be done. It requires some patience. Yes. It requires some communication yeah. and it requires uh, good intentions by both sides to make it work. But I think if you have those things, I think this is a very doable situation. I would agree wholeheartedly. And I think it does take a lot of conversation. And I will be honest, it also takes some outside of the box thinking. So if you are one of those people who is like, uh, no, everybody works 
you know, seven to seven and that's the schedule that we have and it's, it's set and everybody has to pull their weight equally and you're not willing to be flexible or think outside the box, then this episode's probably not going to be for you. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I think you and I both agree that this is something that we can, we can address and we can right. make a plan for how do we try and help our team. I would say anybody who knows either you or I knows that we are both very much about the business because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. we run a business and I run a damn profitable business and I'm going to run it smartly and mm-hmm. I need it to work. And at the same time, I'd say we're, we're both also about our families right? and being there for our kids and being involved. It doesn't have to be kids. It can be whatever. I think it's an important point to make. Yes. This is not kids trump all. Kids are a big driving part of this, but people without kids still have important things that they yes. want or need to do. And that should be respected. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. But I say you and I both have these things that we prioritize as much or more than work. And mm-hmm. that's, that's true. Yep. You know, the, the world has changed a lot in the last couple of decades. You know, we, we used to live in a world where there was a one income family was kind of the norm and yep. you had, and let's just be honest about what it was. It was generally a stay at home, uh, mom yep. and a go to work dad. And, 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 and stay at home mom could go to these things and participate in the school award shows and do the other stuff. And that's how things used to be. But that ain't the world no, anymore. Hasn't been for a long time. And I'm not saying that it's bad. It's not bad. It's just different. And yep. so continuing to behave like that is the world and there's a, you know, a homemaker and a breadwinner, that, that's garbage. That's not true. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's time for us to adjust our expectations based on the real way that people work and live today. And that means people are going to need time off to do things in their real life. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we should not be surprised about that anymore. Yeah. And, and I think it's interesting because there has been this shift. I've really noticed it in the last probably 10 years in veterinary medicine, but um, in, in the last few years, when it comes to recruiting, flexible schedule is something that veterinary medicine has picked up on. And I see more yeah. and more of my manager friends saying oh, in their job ads, like, we offer a flexible schedule. And it was interesting because a friend of mine who's a, a manager um, who runs one of the um, veterinary uh, manager communities that I'm a part of, he he made a comment on a post within the community. And he said, you know, if you're advertising that you offer a flexible schedule, and all you mean by that is you offer a 410 work week. That's not flexible. And there was a whole lot of conversation within the community because I think veterinary medicine picked up on the idea of, okay, well, the answer to the fact that people have lives and they're human and they have kids and they have families and they have activities and they want to go outside of work, veterinary medicine seemed to glom onto this idea of, well, now we can offer an alternate work week. And so instead of everybody working five eights, like we traditionally did when I started in veterinary medicine, more and more clinics have shifted to offering um, four tens or three twelves. And the alternate work week has um, become what veterinary medicine calls flexible scheduling. And it was interesting because when Steve posted that and there was a, there was a dialogue in the group and we all started talking about it, I really started thinking about it hard because um, I know a lot of people who 
stay flexible and are very rigid. Like, mm-hmm. yes, they're offering some flexibility in comparison to a standard five eight work week. But as a parent who, I, look, my kids are 10 and 12. Um, and I'm going to get real vulnerable and honest with you guys for a second. My kids are 10 and 12. And they've been doing activities for several years now. And uh, this last month is the first time that I was able to go and see a game for my kid from start to finish. Because to this point, there was always something at the clinic and my shift always went past when they had activities, even as a manager. And so I would try and sneak out early and I would catch the last few innings of game or I would see, you know, the last 15 or 20 minutes of practice. But I, I didn't get that flexibility because my schedule wasn't really actually flexible. And so I think I was really interested to dive into this with you, Andy, because I think we share a lot of the same values. And I think it is time for veterinary medicine to have a bigger conversation about put our money where our mouth is. And if we use the word flexible, it sure as heck better mean more than just offering a 410 work week. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that. It, there's... And there's a balance to it, right? As well as what we talked about before. Flexible, I don't think it means, hey, you get, you get, right now we're going to pick four days a week that you work and, and that's what you'll work forever. Right. Or you can work five days if you want. Uh, that's, uh, that doesn't define it. Mm-hmm. At the same day, flexible is, not, is also not, I'm going to decide at 9.30 this morning that I'd like to leave at 3.30 this afternoon. Yes. And I'm walking out of here. Like yes. that, that's not, that's not realistic either. And the other thing, especially if you're a doctor, um, people request to have appointments with you and that gets put on the calendar as a commitment of what you're going to do. And that's not chiseled into a stone tablet, but it's also not nothing, you know, it's, it's not, it's not something that can be just dismissed and waved away. Like we've made this commitment. And so balance, you know, balance happens in the middle. One of my, one of my big things when I talk about work-life balance a lot, one of the maxims that I have kind of come to really deeply believe in is work-life balance happens three months from now. And what I mean by that is it is really hard for me to look around today and say, boy, the end of this week, I'd really like to be off. You know, that's, that's too too late. But if I can look ahead and I say three months, that's kind of a number that I sort of pick based on my, my calendar and how my life kind of works. But I find that I can do a lot with my schedule if I'm working three months in advance, if I'm working two weeks in advance, I'm pretty locked in yep. to a lot of things and my, my flexibility is limited. So, yep. so yeah, I, 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 that's what I mean when I talk about balance is it's, it's not a today decision. It is a down the road decision, but I do think that there's things that we can absolutely do to get us some balance absolutely, and some flexibility. And I think that that's one of those things from a, from a headspace perspective um, as a manager having this conversation and looking at how are you going to approach this with your team and how are you going to, how are you, the, the reality is we have to parent a little bit with our team in that we have to teach them about being forward thinking. I can count probably on two hands, the number of team members that I've had in 16 years who have been naturally forward thinking or their parents taught them to be that way. Most of my team has been like, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow, let alone two weeks from now. So I'm going to, it has been very last minute. And I, for a long time, was caught in this vicious cycle of 
un, un, not intentionally, no one was ever doing it maliciously or intentionally to say, hey, I want to screw you. But it was a lot of last minute requests. And hey, I want to go do this thing on Friday. Can I be off mm-hmm. at four? And the the guilt and the tug internally for me as a manager of like, I, I want them to be happy, but we're going to be screwed if we're shorthanded on a three-day weekend Friday because you now want to leave it at four. Um, and And what I realized was part of my role was setting gentle boundaries and being able to teach the team over time, because I think you're so spot on, you can't fix it right now. This is a forward thinking problem. And part of that is in getting the team to think further out than they would naturally, or they had learned to that point to think, because looking at my 20 something staff and saying, I need you to plan your life three months in advance is you're speaking a foreign language for a lot of them. And so yeah. it wasn't until I like thought about it from that perspective of like, oh, this is something that I actually might have to teach people how yeah. to think this way that I started to actually have any sort of change within my own team. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I would, I want to go back again and, and hit on this as a societal problem because it, it, it is, you know, um, it's big on, it's, it's big for me that people, you know, take ownership of their, of their role in their own careers. At the same time, it drives me bonkers when the school will tell me 10 days in advance, oh, we're having (laughs) award ceremony at 11 a.m. on Tuesday. And I go, what are you, what? Like, like just plan for that. Yeah, this should have been on the school calendar at the if you know at the yeah. beginning of the year and oh, yeah. you know and I could have 100% been been there but I had to know 2 3 months ago yeah. so that I could ask for that time you know and and they and they don't and the same thing with like kids sports games and I know it's a a kids sports league and at the same time figuring out you know what the schedule will be or or even just generally when games are going to be uh two weeks before they start, that makes it really hard for me to have any sort of a, a schedule. And I understand that there's logistics on their side too, but I, f- I definitely understand people's frustration when, you know, they say, Hey, I need to be off on this coming Tuesday. And we go, well, we've got our schedule locked in and, and we're booked. And they're like, I just found out about this thing because it was just made, mm-hmm. made, made aware or made, made public. And, I, I think a lot, I think, I think just in general, that's a pet peeve of mine is when these things get dropped on us. So I think that we have to be honest about the fact that sometimes you can be a master planner and you can have all of your ducks in a row and yep. you still get something that important that is dropped on you. Uh, a, an unfortunate, you know, example of that is things like funerals where you say, I'm right. sorry, I didn't have this on my calendar. Uh, it, it is a terrible thing that has happened. And and now I have to, I have to go deal with it. To me, that, that's a different level than, I want to go and see my kids baseball game, but, uh, mm-hmm. but that's not to say that one is not important. Yeah, absolutely. I think your point is that um, from, from a headspace perspective, I think that we have to sit back and put away the flaming raging sort of justice yes. and recognize that there are going to be things that happen that are outside of all of our team members controls ourselves included. And So before we have any of these conversations, I think being in a good safe headspace and not being upset 
at a team member who recently made the request before you start talking about this is really, really important. Oh, it's so <laughs> vital. Well, and the other thing, like, again, and let me let me jump in and, and, and comfort a little bit here, too, and go, man, I don't know about you, but changes to the schedule stress me out in a way that few other things do. And I will tell you when someone says, I need to suddenly not be there next week. I get an immediate chest tightening reaction and a panic feeling of, oh no, what, you can't do this to me. And that's my first thought. Right. Almost always, if I can just relax and breathe through it, yep. um, there are almost always solutions. Not always. Sometimes it's, uh, this, is, this is not possible. But most of the time, there are at least good faith measures that I can take to try to accommodate this person. Um, that are not catastrophic for me, but boy, that knee jerk reaction of don't you dare, or how could you do this to me or this, we're going to get crushed because we're going to be so short staffed that that's an emotional reaction that can, uh, that can really bite you in the rear. Yeah. Well, and I think the other piece of it from a, from a headspace perspective too, is that, you know, we, we need to. We need to be calm. We need to not be angry with somebody or upset about a recent situation before we start talking about this. And I am probably going to make some of my manager friends angry saying this, but before you start thinking about this and having this conversation with your team, you need to look at yourself and, (laughs) and, uh, look at how you're impacting them as well, because I know so many practices I've been there. I will own this hundred percent where I have given my team a schedule then literally the night before the new week starts. And there may have been all the, all the reasons in the world. And in my case, you know, we had new team members starting and I had to redo the whole schedule, whatever. It doesn't matter if we're putting our team in a position where they don't know their schedule further in advance. How can we ask them to plan further in advance? And so in order to really have productive conversations about how do we offer flexibility for our team, I think one of the pieces as a practice leader and as a practice manager is you have to sit down and look at what is your part in this? What is your role? Because often there are things that we are doing that may be contributing to it not going so smoothly in our practice. And that's a hard, that's a hard thing to look in the face. And so you absolutely have to give yourself the safe space to have that look in the mirror before you start talking about it with your team. Otherwise, it's very easy for the flaming, raging sort of justice to come out and for for the excuses to come out and to really, you know, like I had valid reasons every single time my poor team, this is, this is the apology to them for every single time that I had to post a last minute schedule for them. And there were valid reasons, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Because it's not fair that we ask them to plan their life at the last minute. And when we're starting to talk about how do we have any kind of flexibility um, and look, really look at flexible scheduling for what it is, it, the schedule has to be uh, foundational and it has to be done further in advance than I think a lot of us do it. And so for me, from a headspace perspective, that that's a big piece of it that we have to look at before we start diving into the practical of how might we solve this problem. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Let's take a break right here and then we'll come back and, and get into the action steps. Sounds great. 
guys, let me take a quick moment here to talk about this Charming the Anger Client course that I mentioned earlier. Uh, it is um, it's pretty different from anything that you've seen before. I will tell you, I've been thinking about this and work on this for a long time. And this was my pandemic project. So what you got is an hour uh, of little modules on training the trainer, which means if you're going to be running this training or you're going to be working on some skill building with your team, uh, I got I got you covered. I've got content there. It's broken up into little modules that you can watch in little bits and pieces. You can just focus on the things that you want, the little skills you want to pick up. That stuff is all laid out for you. And then I've got uh, an hour of instruction, again, broken out into little modules. These things are made to stand alone. They're made to be tagged onto the end of your staff meeting. You don't have to take an hour and do this if you don't want. You can do 10 minutes and just be like, hey, guys, we're going to pick up a new tool in the toolbox bag and Andy's going to run through it with you and make you smile and laugh and also teach you really good stuff. This is the uh, this is the organizational response model that I've been teaching for 10 years. Uh, it has been updated uh, continuously and it is it is it is good. It is tried and true and polished and tested and it is ready for delivery to your practice. And the last part is I got a bunch of examples. I got 10 examples. I got cat examples. I got dog examples. I got euthanasia examples. I got emergency examples. I got phone call examples. And these are just examples. They're about 30, 45 seconds long that you can pop on the screen, show to your team and say, guys, what will we do about this? And actually, I, I give you a bunch of open-ended questions that uh, for each of them that is meant to open this discussion up and get you into a productive place where your people are telling you what they think is important and you guys are working together to build your response as a team. And guys, that's how people retain this. That's how they get really good. That's how they grow their skills. And so anyway, I just... Um, I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm really proud of it. I, I hope that you guys will love it. It is on sale. We're doing a launch sale. It's $100 off right now. Uh, head over to drandywork.com. Check it out. I'd love to hear what you think. All right, let's get back into this episode. Okay, so I, I think I think you made a wonderful point right before the break. Um, I I do so. I, I think this is a, this is this is two sides of relationship, right? It, this is relationship management. This is hey, I'm a worker and I I want some things in my life and I want yeah. to be happy in my relationship with you, uh, Cloverdale Animal Hospital, right? And Cloverdale Animal Hospital says, Andy, we want to be happy with you and we need some things mm -hmm. as well. And then it's just relationship management of expectations and communication and some flexibility and mutual respect and and things like that and so i, I think your point on one of the things the management side needs to do is is try to let people know what's coming mm -hmm. so that they can adapt their schedule to it a lot of times for example um i want to go to see my kids basketball game i don't care if i go on monday the 12th or Wednesday, the 24th, I just want to go to one of those things. Mm -hmm. And so if you show me my schedule, then I can go, I can go to the Monday, the 12th. But what happens is I don't, I don't know what my schedule is. And so then I can't go to Monday. And then I also can end up not going to the 24th. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, yep. I, I would have traded if I knew this, you know, right. we could have, I could have worked with someone or I could have worked with you, but I didn't know. And now you're kind of putting this on me and I'm the bad guy if I get mad about missing this basketball game. Mm -hmm. And so to your point, yeah, I do think that part, it, it almost seems like an anathema in order to have flexibility, you have to provide structure first. Yes. Yes. And, and and like that, that seems odd, but I, I, firmly believe that that's true. Yes, it is. It is true. And it's interesting because so when we were getting ready for this episode, um, one of the things I was doing was 
I was doing some research because human healthcare has, God knows, more, just as much, if not more, um, challenges when it comes to being able to hire and workforce shortages. And um, this is not new. There, the concept of flexible scheduling is something that's been around in the human healthcare side for a really long time. And one of the things I was looking at was what is flexible scheduling actually? Like, what is the true definition of it? And it was interesting because every definition was, look, there has to be a foundation. The managers create the foundation. They they don't actually choose who works what when, but they have to create that foundation and set the guardrails because otherwise you can't build flexibility into, into the equation. It doesn't exist without that structure. And so I, um, your point is so spot on. There has to be some structure and people have to know what to expect from us. Yeah. And so I think that's number one in terms of addressing the problem is that we have to, to look at the foundation. We have to look at what are we doing? And we also have to analyze why are we doing it? And so I would say if the reason that your team is working the schedules that they are is because you've always done it that way, stop. Yeah. Just, just stop. Because this is, this is where we in veterinary medicine uh, off our nose to spite our face all the time. Just because we've always done something that way doesn't mean that we need to keep doing it that way. And and the reality is we are losing people from this industry in droves. And one of the reason is because work-life balance is a, a joke in a lot of places. And one of the things people are looking for, look, I've worked with a lot of team members who are exactly like you, Andy. They don't want to be at every single practice in every single game. They just want to make it to one once in a while. Yeah. And yet we still can't find it in in ourselves to make that happen. And that to me is total crap. That's why that's why we can't retain employees. That's why we can't hold on to them because we don't take the space to look at them as human. And for the managers who are like, yeah, but it's not just a once in a while game. Somebody's asking me because they want to be at every single practice during this season. Okay, how long is the season? eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, right. really? Are you going to shoot yourself in the foot and try not to work with somebody for an eight week span of time or a 12 week span of time in what could be a two, three, 10 year relationship? That just seems idiotic to me as a, as a manager and as a business owner, if I really want to retain people that I wouldn't stop looking at it from such a short sighted space. You know, I'll be a little bit vulnerable here and share a lesson from my marriage. Early on in my marriage, uh, you know, it's just sort of working with another person, I guess. And my wife would, uh, you know, she she has friends and she has hobbies and things that she goes and she does. And I think early in my marriage, is maybe, maybe this is, I think it was a carryover. It was before we had kids and then it carried over into when we had kids, right? And everything <laughs> sort of changes when you have little kids, uh, except except your brain, uh, <laughs> which takes, it takes a while to catch up and, and realize, hey, this is a radical change. The way we've always done things may not be the best way. And so she would go and do things with her friends. And I, I never, I was, I was, I would say that I was mostly neutral. Like I didn't really, you know, like she would say, Hey, I want to go do this or I'm going to go do that. And then, you know, you don't have to ask me permission, you know, but, but I was, I was largely neutral on her going and doing these things. Sure. And as we went on in our marriage, what I came to realize was that she doesn't, she didn't do it a ton uh, you know, a ton of, of wild, it's not, she's not going out every night, you know, but right. she, when, when she goes out and she does something, it's a special thing for her and it's not all the time. And what I found was that for our relationship, if I was not just neutral, but encouraging, 
and supportive and saying, you know, not only should you go out with your friends, you should not, you should, you should be, uh, you should feel good going out. And you know what I mean? And you should know that we have lots of stuff planned. We're, we're doing, we're, we're doing our thing and we're enjoying it. And we're going to send you a text that says not, where is the laundry detergent? <laughs> it's going to say, hope you're having a wonderful time. Everything is great here. You know what I mean? Like right. it, it, it's, it's just, it meant so much to her to have me, her spouse say, I see you. I see this thing is important to you. I, I, I want to support you in doing this thing that matters. And like, I don't know, it, it's, just, it's such a powerful thing to, to get that support from your partner. And so I take that back to, to the vet clinic and say, you know, if someone's not always asking for time off, but they're trying to do something that is important yeah. in the long game, in the trust building game, in the relationship building game, supporting the hell out of that person yes. is a powerful thing that you can do to make them feel happy and appreciated and, you know, in, in their job. You have to do a lot, but just don't make it hard for them to get away. You know what I mean? Or even just act like you're doing them a favor, getting time, giving them time off, which they should already have anyway. You know, yes. I don't know that. I hope that that makes some sense and sort of why I say that of like, it's it's a small thing to support someone as opposed to be neutral towards them. But, you know, a lot of our employees don't take a lot of time off or they they follow the rules to the letter of what they're supposed to do to request time off. And like, we should really try hard to make them feel not okay, but good about them taking this time off and recharging. And it's funny, like you can celebrate people for recharging and wish them a wonderful vacation and make them feel really good. Or you can grumble and give them a little bit of the quiet treatment as they get ready to go on vacation and kind of try to make them feel a little guilty. And that you kind of poison poison the waters when you do that and for no good reason because they're still going to go and so i don't know I, I just kind of put that forward as a sort of a lesson that i i sort of learned from marriage of just like hey if the person's going to go do this thing you can either build resentment by being quiet about it and just you know ignoring them or you can support the thing that they're doing and and strengthen that relationship as well and so i think the way that we give people breaks and how supportive we are of those breaks, I, I think that that impacts the relationships that we have with them. Yeah, and I I know that we have people who are listening right now who are like, but I don't I don't understand like how I'm gonna I'm gonna say this and I'm probably gonna blow some people's minds. I can say a hundred percent honestly that in the last twelve years as a manager, I have never once said no to someone when they asked to take time off for something that was important, never once. And there are some people whose heads are exploding right now and who are like, I don't understand. How do you run a business if you don't say no to anybody? And the reality is, is that I, I fought this battle for a really long time and I got down and dirty really early with looking outside the box because what I realized was that I said no in the beginning of my career. I was like, well, this is the schedule. This is what I need you to, to work. And I lost people. I lost good people because mm -hmm. I was put in a position um, where I, as the manager, had to say no. And, and I remember having somebody who was like, but it's 
you know, somebody's getting married and I, you know, I need to go. And I, and my boss was just like, tell him no. And I had to be in that position and, and it sucked. And the, it was even harder because the person I had to say no to was a friend. And mm. I saw the look on her face and it was, I was a new manager and my personal gut reaction was, I'll just volunteer to work or shift. It'll be fine. But I was like, no, I'm the manager. I can't do that anymore. Right. Like I was learning the hard lessons about what does it mean to be a friend and a boss and all of that. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't save the day. And it was one of the hardest moments for me because I felt so horribly guilty. And I started thinking about, well, how can we, how can we not have this happen again? Because I was so miserable and we wind up, yeah. we wound up not being friends um, as kind of as a result of that and some other things that I had to do as a manager. And I, it taught me some really hard lessons. And I really, I really did a lot of looking at what, what does it mean to look at our team as human beings? And because we all have lives and we should be able to say, Hey, my friend is eloping in two weeks. And they asked me to be in my wedding, in their wedding. Can I go? I don't want to say no to that. If somebody's, you know, if somebody's got a funeral, I, I cannot fathom a planet where I would ever say no to that. But even for the smaller things of like, Hey, my kid's team made it to the playoffs and I would really love to be at the next three games. Can I take off the next three Tuesdays at four o'clock so I can go watch their games? I can't fathom saying no. And I was a much happier manager for starting to look at how can I figure this out? But I will be honest, like you can't, you won't solve it if your mindset is, well, everybody has to work this because this is what we've always done. It definitely requires thinking outside the box and some flexibility. And I will tell you, there have been clinics that I have run where the foundational schedule was just that. It was the foundation. And I would load this, the shifts got loaded into our schedule software and my team picked their own schedule. I put it in there and then they said, these are the shifts I'm going to work. And they all had to be filled at the end of the day. But it started with them saying, this is what I'm going to work. Like they traded, they made it work. They set their own schedule. And I can tell you, I had an infinitely happier team. And I remember talking about that with some manager friends and they were like, that's never going to work. Like they're going to fight over the shifts. They're going to get mad that somebody has better shifts than they do. And they're like, you're just going to, you're just going to create a whole bunch more problems, but it, it can work, but there has to be, there has to be some serious foundation to your point there for, for that to work. And so I think when it comes to solving this challenge, the original question that, that was asked was, you know, what do you do when someone comes and they're saying that they need to leave? And it's not that one-off occurrence because I think mm -hmm. you and I are both in agreement. It's way easier to say, sure, we'll work shorthanded for a, one Saturday okay. so that you can go to a funeral or whatever. Like yeah. most of us can feel good about doing that and make it happen. And the team feels good about making that happen, right? Like if I went to the team and said, hey guys, um, you know, this situation happened and Courtney's asked to be off for the next two weeks. I, you know, it, it means we're going to be shorthanded. Can, can we do this? No one is going to look at that and say, no, they're going to say, yeah, we can make it happen. Two weeks is not a big deal. Like we'll, we'll, we'll wing it. It'll be fine. It's the, it's the ones where it's more than the one-off occasion. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, that's where we tend to shut down and say, no, no, but it doesn't yeah. have to be that way. There are so many, um, so many novel ideas out there. And this is where I have to speak to community and uh, the Uncharted community has given me incredible ideas. I look at some of the outside of the box thinking that some of my peers are things that they're doing. I never would have dreamed of trying 
but the ability to pick each other's brains and talk about, well, what do, what do we do in our sandbox? Because the reality is every single one of our clinics is different. We all do things differently. We try things differently. We're made up of different people. And what works for my practice is not necessarily going to work for your practice, Andy, but I can take ideas from that and craft it into something that might work for my team. I can share resources. I can share what didn't work, what we tried and failed. And that's one of the things that I love about the communities that I'm a part of as a manager is the ability to talk about that with my peers and say, well, what have you tried? And for me, that's where it started. It was like, I couldn't fathom doing that with an old fashioned um, Excel scheduler, right? The idea that my team would create their own schedules with an Excel schedule was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until a colleague introduced me to the idea of using a scheduling software and I saw the power of technology that all of a sudden it was like, dude, they can all log on and they can trade shifts and they can, they can, you know, put their name in for shifts on their own. And I don't have to be the one to solve this puzzle. It was like this huge light bulb moment. And I never would have thought about that if I hadn't looked at the community and looked at what other people were doing, both inside veterinary medicine and outside veterinary medicine. Well, community is the answer. I, I completely agree with that. I, my, when I looked at this question sort of as it was presented, the thought in my head was, if if we're talking about when a, a person comes to you and asks for time off, and this is a regular thing, you're already screwed. Like mm-hmm. if, if, if you're like, if they're standing there and they're asking you and you're like, what do I do? Right. You get screwed because you're screwed. <laughs> like <laughs> prepare for the screwing because you're screwed. Um, you know, that, that's it. This is not the time to figure out what your protocol this is. Not, right. This is not the time to figure this out. Right. Uh, <laughs> the answer is community. And the time is not when it's needed. Yes. Right. That's yes. it. So. When the person is asking you and saying, hey, I want to be off and can I get this weekend off? Like now it's them asking and you answering and there's kind of this adversarial, you know, nature built into it of they want a thing and you either going to give it to them or not give it to them. And you know what I mean? And it's kind of a high stakes negotiation. The answer is to go to the group, not at a time that someone is asking you for something and say, guys, I want people to be like, clearly we have a lot of people who have these things going on and they want to be able to get off and do life balance stuff. And I want to come to you and talk to, let's talk as a team about what do we want to do about this stuff? Knowing that when someone leaves, the rest of us are here and we're covering and we're, you know, and if they just take off and then we're shorthanded, how do you guys feel about that? Mm -hmm. And, And that's the great thing, right? Because then it's not, you and them in a closed door and they're right. asking for time off. It's everybody together, including the people who are going to get left behind and have to pick up the slack yeah. when this person is gone. But they can also imagine themselves being the person who wants to go and do a thing. And so I feel like you end up with a certain amount of fairness, right? Everyone yeah. in the room is both at the same time, the person who is asking for something off and then also having to be left behind when, when someone, you know, takes, uh, takes, uh, takes leave early. Right. Absolutely. And, and it's like, this is the most productive time to have this conversation. And especially when no one is asked, it's sort of like, I'm just asking, put yourself in the position of the person asking to leave and then put yourself in the position of the people who are being left behind, you know, and work and, and may potentially work shorthanded if we don't figure something out. Like, 
what do you guys want to do knowing that you're going to live by the sword and die by the sword? Like, what do you want to do? And I feel like at that point, you actually get really good, measured, thoughtful conversation as opposed to like the caricatures we make of people when we go, oh, all they want is time off. It's like, right. Oh, no, they want time off. Until they're the person who's dealing with other people taking time off and then they have different feelings and thoughts. And, yes. you know, let's have this conversation right now when it's not a real thing and there are no stakes and see what they say. And honestly, I'll, I'll tell you, Stephanie, generally continually impressed with people's maturity and ability to think through both sides of an issue when you present it to them in a low stakes way and say, hey, I want I want what's best for our team. And so what does our team want to do? And, and and you really do come up with good conversation. Well, and to your point, when you involve the whole team in the conversation and you start it as a boundaries conversation of like, we need to create the guardrails. So what does everybody think about this? The reality is what works for you as Dr. Andy in your practice may not be the same thing that works for me. Mm-hmm. And what works for us as parents with kids and working parents may not be the same thing that works for my team member who is single and has mm-hmm. pets at home and is not a morning person. That person may prefer to pick up the closing shifts in exchange for not having to work the morning when their team member would rather work the morning so they can be off to go see their kids play sports. Like the reality is it doesn't, Everything is not, is not one size fits all. What works for one person is not going to work for somebody else. And if we offer enough options, eventually something works for almost everybody in our team. And so that's how we make it work for the business is we say, how do we, how do we get flexible? How do we get creative? How do we harness the team? Having had conversations with our colleagues about what have they tried? What technologies are they using? How do they logistically make this happen? And you can do that before you talk about this with your team, or you can do it after, because if your team comes up with a solution, you may need to say, okay, well now how do I, how do I actually make this a reality? How do I practically put this into, into play? But having the conversation with the team to figure out where do we, where do we start? Can we offer, you know, the, the, I remember the first clinic I worked in, they had split shifts. And I thought that was so crazy because to me as an employee, I was like, who the hell would want to work that kind of schedule? And I I didn't get hired into work a split shift schedule, but I remember when I took over scheduling in that practice, I was like, this is ridiculous. Who would want to work eight to one and then take a break and come back and work in the afternoon? What I realized is that we had a bunch of college kids who the split shift worked for. They could go and and work early in the morning and then have four or five hours off to do school in the middle of the morning in the day and then come back in the evening and still get a full full-time paycheck with a split shift. It would never have occurred to me as a young parent because the idea of a split shift, there's no way that would have worked for me or my family. But that's the point is that we have to harness the team as a conversation and your point of talking about it when it's not in the thick of it and somebody's just asked for something last minute is so, so key because it takes the emotions out of it because the reality is everybody needs to take time off. And I've worked with those team members who don't want to take time off because work is important to them and they mm-hmm. they they're workaholics and that is their thing they still need to recharge and as a manager it's my job to force them to take time off even if it's only the two to four weeks a year that they're earning I want them to take it I need them to take it and so mm-hmm. they at some point 
will have to be the one who can't fill in for somebody because they are taking their own time off. And everybody needs to recognize this is a give and take because you're going to need to take at some point and what you give is definitely going to matter. I definitely, I definitely agree with that. It's, um, it's interesting, you know, with, uh, with the vacations, there's, there's a lot of benefit to encouraging your staff to take some vacation. You know, there, there's a lot of people who don't, they don't want to take it. And I will tell you, uh, as someone who's visited the land of burnout and come back, uh, that, that was a big part of it. You know what I mean? It's like, being able to to take time, I, I think is important. One piece of advice that I, I give to people, especially people like me who like to work um, and get a lot of a lot of uh, enjoyment and reward out of it, uh, small breaks along and along, scheduled breaks. Take yep. a day off every take a day off every ten weeks, yep. right? Or even every every six weeks, just be like, well, take it, you know, I'm going to ask for these Fridays off or these Mondays off. And mm-hmm. just at the beginning of the year, just kind of space them out randomly and say, I don't have a plan to go anywhere, but I'm going to go ahead and just take this time and enjoy those long weekends. That stuff, that stuff is important. Uh, but the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, when we talk about these sort of things, I would say to the managers, flexibility is important. And if we want to say that it's a sort of a part of what we offer in practice, we're going to have to invest in it. And that, that may mean we're going to have to pay some overtime sometimes, you know, or things like that. And we need to balance those things, but, um, we need to balance and not let them get out of control. But, but sometimes, you know, if, if we have to pay a little overtime so that people can, can feel like they get to do the things that are important in their life, then, you know, that's something that, that sometimes it's better off for us just to own and, and accept. Absolutely. And I think the last piece of it from a from an actual logistical troubleshooting is that I think every manager who is faced with this problem needs to do some workflow analysis and look at their their actual mm-hmm. staff hours, because one of the things that happens very commonly in veterinary medicine, um, besides paying overtime, maybe sometimes when we don't need to, is um, we have too many people when we don't need them and not enough people when we do. Yeah. And so getting getting really getting a really hard look as a team at what is our schedule and what do we actually need and when do we need it will really help with looking at how can we offer more flexibility because you may find some real gems in terms of hidden time in your schedule where you can say, well, you know, Sarah really wants to go to her kid's game on Tuesdays and Tuesday's a slower day of the week for us. So what if I let her work a half shift on Tuesdays and pick up a long evening one of the days when we're super busy? Like maybe she'll stay late on Fridays when everybody knows it's rare when we walk out the door at 6 p.m. on the dot on a Friday because who gets to do that? Like it can really help Mm -hmm. you. You're not going to be able to see that if you don't do some workflow analysis of where do you actually need people and when do you need them? And so, you know, in terms of solving this problem, I would say you have to look at what are you already doing? You have to be willing to be flexible. You have to start by looking at your schedule. What are you currently doing? Where do you have people? Are there inefficiencies? Are there areas where you can steal hours? Because it could be really easy to solve your problem right there with stealing time that is inefficiently managed. Um, And then it's about having a bigger conversation with your community, your team, talking to them about how do they feel about it? Really, the conversation needs to start with the leadership team, which is how do we feel about schedules and time off? Because if you're a manager and your boss has a very set mindset that everybody's just going to work 
mm-hmm. 588s and that that is it is what it is i hate to tell you but as the manager like you're never going to solve that problem if they're not open minded like you don't have the power to change that and so um it may be something that you need to take a hard look at from that perspective but if your leadership team is open minded and is willing to have the conversation then extending the conversation out to the greater community and talking about it with your team and then talking about it with your colleagues and your peers you would be amazed at how many creative outside the box ideas i have seen people try that have have worked and lessons learned from failures of mm-hmm. things that people have tried that they're like nope would never try that again right yeah. so get out get outside the box and look at that yeah i i love your point about you know you can you can do things like throw some overtime at problems sometimes if you've done your workflow analysis, if you're being smart the rest of the time, right? Yeah. Like, I guess that that's, I, I think that that's a real point is um, if you're always, if you always have people standing around and you're always blowing out on payroll, I could see you pulling your hair out when I was like, oh yeah, just, you know, sometimes we just pay some overtime. Um, when you're smart and when it's the exception and not the rule, that's very different from when you are not staffed appropriately and you feel like there's people standing around or we're always, uh, you know, short, short uh, handed. So yeah, cool, man. I think that's, uh, I think that's good. I hope that's really useful. Uh, I, I think that's a, a good approach. You know, the last thing I, I would put out there is too, is remember, you know, there's great power in saying, guys, this is just a thought exercise. I just, we're just gathering ideas. We're not committing to anything, but help us think about what might work for you guys. And then you can really help get ideas. And and the big thing I'll say is there's no bad ideas. There's no bad ideas. We're just, we're just thinking about what we're throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what (laughs) sticks. We're just, we're just kicking things around. And, And that keeps the stakes low as we have these conversations about what's possible. But yeah, I just... Just going to people and saying, what would you like? You know, how, how can we do this? How can we make it so we can trade shifts? How can we, you know, how can we be flexible? What do you guys think is fair? How do you want to be treated as the person leaving? How do you want to be treated as a person who's staying behind uh, when somebody's taken off? Like, what do, you, what do you guys want? So anyway, I think it's a fun conversation. I, and again, I, it is another one of those really tricky things where there's not a right answer. Right. It really is about your team and your clinic culture and your yeah. specific schedule. Like when are you guys open and when are you close? And, you know, the emergency clinic is going to be very different from the uh from the gp for a lot Mm -hmm. of reasons and so Mm -hmm. yeah it's it really is about finding your way so just know it's okay to to try things and to explore and you know but just be intentional think ahead lay down lay down your ideas start trying them in low stakes situations and and keep keep trying and getting better and that's what i would say to people is we're going to try this and we're going to see how it goes and how everybody thinks of it, you know, and that's just a nice way to get people on board because you're probably not going to get unanimous consensus about exactly what you should do. Sure. Um, and so say, hang I think, hey, this looks like the most popular way to approach it, or we think this is going to address the most pressing concerns or the most numerous concerns, and we're going to try it and we're going to see what happens. And that's just a nice way of keeping the stakes low so that people will let you give it a try. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. Take care, everybody. Have a fantastic week. Have a wonderful week, everybody. We'll see you soon. That's another episode, you guys. Thanks so much for joining us again this week. I really enjoyed talking through this topic with Andy. This was a really fun one, and I hope you guys find it helpful. 
if you would be so kind to take a minute and give us your feedback on this episode or any of the episodes that you've listened to on the podcast by going to wherever you access your podcast from and leaving us a review on the show. We would love it. It helps us out in terms of boosting awareness of the podcast, which is great because we would always love for new people to find us and be able to listen. And we love hearing from you guys. We love knowing what you think and how you think we're doing. So we would super appreciate it if you took the time. If you would like to contact us to give us a topic that you would love to talk about, you can always find the mailbag at unchartedvet.com forward slash mailbag. We'd love to hear from you guys. Take care, everybody. Mm -hmm.